point in this uh, crisis where <laughs> uh, we're starting to think about, I wonder what life will be like when we get on the other side of this thing. Uh, that, that is a topic that uh, has been rolling around in my mind since I had a uh, prolonged conversation this afternoon with some students. And the question was, will we, will we actually benefit or will we actually be able to leverage this into something that is helpful in terms of our relationships and future and, and, um, you know, what, what will, what impact will it have on, on the relationships we have with one another? And I, uh, I, I began to think more about that. I mean, our tendency when we're caught in the crosshairs of, of the kinds of things that we are uh, being isolated from one another and, and quarantined. And I had somebody say, I, I haven't had any human interaction all day today, uh, that we start to get wistful and think about, you know, what it's going to be like when we finally move out of this, whatever that looks like. I mean, that that's another kind of unknown that we uh, really can't paint the picture for, which is kind of the hardest part of really all of this. But, um, well, before I go on, let me introduce myself for people that are just joining us for the first time. I'm Dr. Ray Mitch, um, and the, the host for this podcast that I've called Love You Later Bye. Uh, it, it is reflections on loss and grief in the, in the world of social isolation and quarantining. Uh, it, it, it also has kind of the subtitle of CCU Psych Monologues, um, because of course that's what it is. Um, and I, I, um, I, I'm taking the time to just do some uh, free association around a variety of topics related to the grief and loss that many of us are experiencing uh, as a result of this. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, we really don't know what it is until it hits us, it seems. So the, the question that I had was, what is this going to look like on the other end? Is, is Are our relationships going to change? Is our, how we handle our feelings going to change or anything like that. And one of the things that I, I began to think about in that regard is the answer. And the answer to that is, well, I guess that depends. Because if we end up lapsing into survival mentality, so how do I get through this day? How do I get to the next nap? How do I get to... Uh, going to bed and getting up the next day, or whatever that might be, uh, there's not going to probably be any benefit other than just uh, biding our time until something finally changes. Now, there is the opportunity here, <clears throat> and I, I even hesitate to call that because it, it ends up being a little bit too positive of a spin on something that is really pretty negative when you think about it. I mean, I, all of us are inconvenienced. I, I get that. Uh, all of us are separated from one another. Uh, we don't have the social interaction and context that we're accustomed to. That really, I think, gives us a sense of meaning 
in it all. But there is there is a window of opportunity here, I think, that we can talk about and look at. And probably one of the biggest ones is really what we choose to do or not do um, with the feelings that we're having. And and I ended the, the episode one on that note is uh, the feelings that we have. And a lot of people would love to dispense with that uh, aspect of our functioning of being human and having those feelings. And yet, if we have the desire to move through uh, the grief that we experience with the losses that we've had and taking the time to reflect on what those are, then perhaps there is the opportunity that our relationships will change on the backside of this, partly because of a new sense of appreciation or a new sense of, of um, uh, <clears throat> a comparison point for what I didn't have, all of those things that are very much a part of that. And so um, one of the things I wanted to mention in light of some of what we were, t- we were talking about the last time with feelings is that, um, you know, I, what I do with my feelings really does matter. I think sometimes we think that they really are terribly inconvenient and get in the way of, of our being able to function at the level that we expect ourselves to be able to function. Uh, and I've had more people that I can count over the years say, you know, if I, if I let those, that little beast out, uh, I will never be able to get it back in. And I, I will never, and that's usually the kind of statements we tend to make, is, is that I will never be able to function at the same level that I've been in. And the thing is, is that um, <laughs> we make a comparison point against flatlining our emotions rather than the natural waxing and waning the, the, the rise and fall of our emotions through any given day. And somehow we've connected productivity to flatlining in the emotional world that we live in as humans. And yet, the thing that I would point out is that when we choose to operate that way and when we move into that space, they, they, they go underground. They, they really do. Our feelings do. And we build an edifice on top of that underground storage or that underground pool of emotions that we have. And we can make a pretty decent looking building over that thing that is very productive and accomplishes a lot of things and gets a lot of applause and all of those things. But yet, what ends up happening is that that pool or reserve of all those emotions that we haven't spent any time paying much attention to begin to leak. Now, to give you a, a word picture or a metaphor to, to connect that to, uh, and if you're a student of mine, then you probably have heard me talk about this before, but back in the uh, late 1800s, 1890-ish or thereabouts, uh, there was a, a community or actually a government program in New York State called Love Canal, Uh, And Love Canal was meant to bypass Niagara Falls and uh, begin to to build what uh, the the originator of it um, called a model city. And so they they began to dig on this canal in an attempt to get to get around Niagara Falls and uh, 
And uh, it got just so far, but as with many uh, governmental programs and things like that, it's kind of like a bridge to nowhere, you know. It, it they they got just so far, and then they ran out of money, and they gave it up. And what they ended up with is a very big hole in the ground, um, and not knowing exactly what to do with it. And before too long, that hole in the ground began began to be uh, a gar- garbage weight uh, dumping site. And before too long, the next thing that began to be dumped into that is toxic waste. And as time went along and uh, it became unsightly, uh, someone said, hey, why don't we cover that over with dirt and try to contain all of those things that are part of the, the, the waste that we put down in there? And they did. And it resulted in a pretty clean looking, uh, clear tract of land uh, on which eventually people decided to build on. And they, they built quite a little community that, that they referred to as Love Canal. And it was uh, accommodating the prosperity and the, the population growth around Niagara Falls to have people live there. And as time began to go along, people kind of forgot what was underneath their feet. And they they continued to move along, and, and at some point in time, apparently the, the health department in New York State began to notice the spike in um, health issues that were cropping up around this uh, particular site. Um, leukemia, childhood leukemia, and cancer, and birth defects, and all manner of things that were really a part of, of this kind of area around Niagara Falls. And, and no one, it's kind of the, the idea, or the, not the idea, the, the records and stuff had fallen into uh, kind of disrepute. Nobody was paying much attention to it. And they began to do some soil testing and some deep core testing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably quoting that wrong civil engineers or whoever out there might might want to correct me. But and they found that the, the soil was contaminated and they dug far enough down and they found that these big containers and big drums of toxic waste were leaking into the water table in and around this little community. And they were contaminating everyone. And it it. Uh, resulted in uh, an act by Congress called the Superfund Act. And this was uh, money that was set aside to clean up these places where uh, toxic waste and other things. Here in Colorado, we we had the Rocky Mountain Flats, which was uh, ammunition and uh, site, and uh, they did something very similar. So why am I telling you this story when I at least started out talking about feelings? Well, after a while, when you think about it and think deeply enough about it, is that before too long, this metaphor is not talking about toxic waste in the ground as much as it is talking about buried feelings within our own heart. And the funny thing about it is, is as we bury it down deep, make believe that everything's fine and we're getting along fine with everybody and everything else, before too long, what begins to happen is that it leaks into our emotional water table. And that's what we're facing when we take note of 
the things, uh, the losses that we're experiencing. It's more than just obviously our schedule changing and being under house arrest at home um, and not going into work and having to move things online and all those other things. But the problem is, is that we don't even take the time to evaluate what we are burying underneath us. And those feelings begin to leak into our emotional water table and it starts showing up in our relationships with each other. And, and that's true here, even during this time, is that you begin to see your relationships be revealed in terms of how we're going to handle this stress and whether or not we're going to take ownership of the feelings that we're not paying any attention to and, you know, what do I do next? And it's a very simple answer, but it's an answer that no one really wants to do. And that is, is find, find the, a safe place to talk about those feelings with safe people who appreciate your efforts to check out the ground underneath your feet, the emotional ground underneath your feet, and begin to label exactly what it is that we're experiencing and what we're feeling. Because there are losses here that that we may or may not be not even know about, really, because our interactions with one another have changed so dramatically. And so what we do is we simply adapt, but we don't do something that needs to be done, and that is articulate. So we adapt, but we don't articulate. And that's a, a significant part of even processing the emotions and the feelings that we have. <coughs> excuse me, around this very thing that we're talking about here. I can't talk about something I won't label. And the other part of that is that I can't change what I won't accept. And if I don't accept the emotions and feelings and losses and things like that that I've experienced around this, <coughs> excuse me, around this um, uh, point in time, I probably haven't done it before and I probably won't do it again because I'm just talking about getting through this. I'm not really talking about doing some reflection. So that's the next point of this process is to allow ourselves the opportunity to find the places to talk to people who appreciate and um, uh, affirm our efforts to dig into that ground and find out what it is that's that might be contaminating me, taking ownership of the emotions that go along with it, and continue to move on. And, and again, a lot of people will hear me say this and say, yeah, but what good does it do? I mean, it doesn't change anything, now does it? It's like, no, it doesn't change anything outside of us, but it does shift something inside of us in terms of what we say oftentimes we we value we value the relationships that we have around us but those relationships end up getting gutted because we're not we're not using the emotions that are part of that and that that is also equally important so um, just by way of that let me let me end and wrap it up for tonight uh, I am uh, recording this and, and uh, uh, on a Tuesday night, so I'll release it tonight in anticipation of a couple things that are a thing that will be happening tomorrow. 
Uh, I've been asked to participate with a ministry here in Colorado called My Quiet Cave, and uh, they they invited me to be part of uh, just a a uh, online live event on Facebook talking about grief in the age of uh, social isolation, and that's that's uh, what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. It will happen at ten thirty a.m. Mountain Time. And uh, if you're interested, uh, please be sure to join us at that time. Until then, I will see you and I will be here to uh, take another run at uh, what it is we're talking about in Love Ya Later. Later.